Um, and we're going to look at a message entitled, Nine Questions to Consider for a Greater 2023. Now, disclaimer, don't panic. There's nine questions. And don't petition for my termination either, I beg of you. Uh, but we're going to look at some of these we're going to park on. Other ones we're just going to read, uh, give the question, and then go to the next question. So uh, it's a nine-point message. Charles was laughing at me when I told him my message was nine questions. He's like, uh, on New Year's Day? And I said, absolutely, because this is a great uh, questions for you to consider, to ponder upon uh, for this coming year. And what better way to think about this new year than the first day of the year? And so uh, we're going to look. Um, now, I tell you this, my normal uh, method of preaching is verse by verse, expositional, and so very rarely, and this is one of those instances, am I going to go more topical? It, it hurts to do that sometimes because I'm so ingrained and in digging into a passage. But we're going to take one verse from Psalm 90, and we're going to take the thought in that verse and springboard into these questions. So buckle up, here we go. Psalm 90, out of respect to the God's word, let it stand. Psalm 90. We're going to read uh, verses, um, verses 8 through 12. Actually, verse 9. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, or seventy. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore, or eighty. Yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. And here is our verse this morning. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Thank you. You may be seated. So the days leading up to New Year's Day often involve reflection. We think about 2022. We think about the highs. We think about the lows. Uh, and we anticipate what 2023 is going to bring us. You know, maybe you look back on 2022 and maybe it was a good year physically. Maybe it was a good year spiritually. Maybe you even saw some, some good family memories that you were able to make in 2022. On the other hand, perhaps 2022 was filled with heartache, loss, disappointment, maybe even regret. Maybe 22 was that year to forget. But we're challenged, we were challenged in 2022 with this question, are we there yet? What's the answer? No. Jesus hasn't come back yet. And so we're going to continue going forward. We're going to continue uh, growing and we're going to continue serving our Savior because guess what? The process of sanctification has not stopped. We're waiting for Jesus to come. Even so, come Lord Jesus. But in the meantime, he's got a work to do in us and through us. And how about this? Wherever you stand on the side of 2022, it was a good year or it was a terrible year. It was a bad year. It was a year full of, you know, just disappointment. May I give you some earth-shattering news? 2022 is in the past. Now, granted, we can learn from the past we, 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 we can, we can, we can uh, you know, reflect on the past, but God does not want us to live in the past. But if we choose to dwell on what we didn't do, should have done, or can't believe we even did, we will cripple our present and will compromise our future. See, Psalm 90 uh, is, a, is a prayer. Uh, it says in the, the little description above, just below the, 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 the title Psalm 90, it says, A prayer of Moses, 
the man of God. Uh, it's considered the oldest of all the Psalms. Uh, we have many times in the Old Testament of Moses praying to God, but here we have the actual recorded uh, prayer that Moses actually penned himself. And the verse that I want us to park on is verse 12. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. You see, a heart committed to wisdom will produce a life that walks in wisdom. God would not have us measure 2023 by the year. He would not have us measure it by the month, nor by the week. He wants us to measure it by the day. Teach us to number our days. And so a great 2023 begins with the choices you and I both make today, right now. And so let's jump into these questions. These questions are meant to be reflective. And I hope through these questions, the Holy Spirit, uh, my prayers, the Holy Spirit would, would prompt us to feed on these questions, to munch on these questions, to consider these questions, to ponder these questions so that you and I can have a greater, the greatest of all years, 2023. The first question is this, which spiritual discipline do you want to make progress with this year? And what are you going to do about it? What spiritual discipline do you want to make progress with this year? And what are you going to do about it? One author said this, Let me be reminded that the first great business in life is the sanctification of my own soul. That is the first great business of each and every one of us today. How am I growing closer to Christ today? That's the question. So what disciplines, what are you talking about? Disciplines. Maybe you've never heard that term before, that phrase, spiritual disciplines. I want to just highlight quickly five of them. First of all, Bible reading. Bible reading. What are you going to do this year with your Bible reading? Paul admonished uh, his young preacher, his young son in the faith, Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses six, 13 through 16. He says this, Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate on these things. Catch this. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself, and catch this, and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. What are we going to do with our Bible reading this year? I, I, I think Brother Dan talked a little bit about this on, on Wednesday night with our Bible reading. You know, I, I've always been a, a proponent of trying to read my Bible in a year. Uh, I've read it chronologically many years, straight through many years, Genesis to Revelation. But, but Dan uh, struck a chord with me uh, this last Wednesday uh, that, you know what, that's been my custom. It's been my, 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 my routine. And this year, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to drill down in a book of the Bible this year. I'm going to take it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to study it and let God speak to me. But guess what? You got to have a plan. What's your plan with your Bible reading this year? It's not just enough to read it. We got to let God transform us through it. That's a spiritual discipline. How about this? How about the spiritual discipline of witnessing? 
How about the spiritual discipline of witnessing? Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20, Jesus said, uh, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. In 2023, will we be more soul conscious? Will we be prepared in our witnessing efforts this next year? You know, as I was thinking through these, this is one area that I personally want to work on this year, is to be more faithful in my witness, to be more involved. As the, as the winter plods along and we get warmer temperatures, you know, door-to-door and witnessing opportunities are going to become more and more available. Are we going to take, take advantage of those? Are we going to work on our discipline of witnessing? One author said this, don't shine so that others can see you. Shine so that through you, others can see him. How about this? How about prayer? We're going to dive into this on our third question, but prayer is a spiritual discipline that I would imagine all of us can work on. Can we not? You know, I find this interesting. Prayer is the, one of the easiest subjects to preach on. It is certainly the hardest subject to practice. It is. Jesus says this in Matthew 6, 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret. And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Do you have a prayer closet? Are you going to work on your discipline of prayer this year. How about this? Church involvement. Church involvement. The spiritual discipline of church involvement. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 uh, says this, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Listen, if you're part of the Harvest Baptist family today, can I, can I, can I encourage you and remind you that God has given you a spiritual gift that you are to use within the midst of the body. He has blessed each and every one. If you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit within you. You have been blessed with a spiritual gift, and you need to use it for the furtherance of the ministry of Harvest Baptist Temple. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11 say this, And as every man hath received a gift, spiritual gift is what he's talking about here, even so minister or serve the same one to another as good stewards. Manager, he's blessed you with the spiritual gift. You need to manage that gift of grace that he has given to you. You are a steward of that gift, and we need to use it. As stewards of the manifold grace of God. Verse 11, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Why do we get a spiritual gift? Is it for others to see how good we are? No, no, no. It's for Jesus to be glorified. How's our spiritual discipline of church involvement? Not church attendance. Talk about church involvement. Being involved in the ministry of Harvest Baptist Temple. The fifth discipline, quickly, is giving. Is giving. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. So often, when we hear about giving, our mind immediately goes to money. And perhaps the Holy Spirit's working on your heart in that matter. But giving goes so much more than just our money. 
Perhaps as God is giving you, asking you to give your time and your talents to a ministry this year in the church. Perhaps it's giving your home in the form of hospitality. Perhaps it's an older, our, our, our golden apples, our seasoned saints. Perhaps it's one of you giving your time to invest in the next generation. That's giving. The gift of giving. How is our discipline in giving? One person said this, if something is important enough, you find a way. If it's not, you find an excuse. So what discipline are we going to work on this year? I've only given you five. There's more than that. But what are we going to do? What discipline, spiritual discipline, is God going to work in us this year? And what are we going to do about it? That's the first question. Second question. What was the single biggest time waster in your life in 2022? And what will you do about it this year? What was the single biggest time waster in your life in 2022? What are you going to do about it? Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16 say this. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Someone once calculated how a typical lifespan of 70 years is spent. Remember back in Psalm 90 that the typical span of life is 70 years. So someone calculated how this would generally break down. Uh, This may be a little dated, but uh, here goes. It's been said that out of the 70 years you live, 23 of those years you will spend sleeping. Hmm. Mine's probably lower than that. But uh, we have children, and so it happens. But uh, So 32.9, almost 33% of your life will be spent sleeping. Working for 16 years. Television. You'll watch television for eight years of your life. Mm. I like this one. Eating six years of your life. Wow, I didn't think, think about that. Uh, travel, six years. Leisure, four and a half years. You'll spend four years being sick. Illness, four years. 6.5% of your life, you'll be sick. Yay. You'll spend two years of your life getting dressed. (laughs) Ladies, might be a little bit more. Men, maybe not so much. How about this? Practicing religion, 0.5 years of your life. Now, I wonder if that's just typical church attendance, whatnot. But, I mean, you think about it. That's how we spend our life. We ultimately have three choices with our time. We can waste our time. We can spend our time, in other words, living life. Or we can invest our time, be a steward of our time. You know, one of the biggest wasters of our times is our smartphones. I would pull it out of my pocket and show you, but one of my habits of preaching is that whenever I preach, I empty all my pockets and give everything to my wife. Uh, brother Ken saw me handing my wallet. He thought he was going to get free samples. Sorry, brother, not this morning. Uh, but uh, our cell phone. You know, one of the things about, and I'm sure Android does this, but our Apple phones tell us how we spend our time on our devices. How many times you were on Facebook? How many hours you were on Facebook? How many hours you were on uh, a streaming device? How many hours you spent texting or calling or things like that? And I've learned through personal experience that smartphones, tablets, etc. are easy time wasters. Whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, whatever you want to call it, we have our vices and many times it's what we carry in our pocket each and every day. 
I think I heard Charles say this, and I looked it up, and it springboarded something uh, when we were talking. You know, our television viewing can become a waste of time. Our culture is saturated with binge-watching different TV programs. It's reported that Netflix usage is on the increase, and it's been since its inception. But it's, I read this article, and I was fascinated by it. It said nearly 70% of Americans binge-watch at least five episodes of a show per sitting. Per time they open Netflix, 70% of Americans watch at least five episodes of whatever series they're watching. You know, if your show is about 45 minutes long, you're looking at three hours, four hours of, of just time that you watch a television show on Netflix per sitting. CEO of Netflix, uh, when asked about how he competes with other streaming platforms, he said that his number one competitor is not Hulu, it's not Amazon Prime, it's not Disney Plus, nor is it any other platform. He concluded that his number one chief competitor is sleep. Sleep. If he can provide a source of visual entertainment that keeps a person awake, then he has won. And he concluded the article and he said, we are winning. Time wasting. I'm not saying watching a TV show is bad. We've got to obviously exercise discernment. But how much time are we wasting on the things that are frivolous, on the TV shows? Many young people are sadly wasting tons of hours each day through a myriad, a myriad of entertainments. But let me say this, wasted time is not limited to technology. Though it's the easiest one to waste our time on, it's not limited. We can get caught up in all sorts of things that easily waste time. You can even waste time stewing over a hurt. You can waste time reminiscing on the bitterness that's in your heart instead of forgiving and moving on. One person said this, more time is wasted not in hours but in minutes. A bucket with a small hole in the bottom gets just as empty as a bucket that is deliberately kicked over. So this next year, may we redeem the time. Let's identify that time waster and let's make some deliberate decisions to not waste as much time in 2023. Question number three, what is one thing you could do to improve your prayer life this year? What is one thing you can do to improve your prayer life this year? Luke 11, 1, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, uh, one of his disciples uh, came unto him and said, said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray. And I think that's something that we could always pray. Lord, teach me to pray. Teach me to pray. I don't care if you're 10 years old. I don't care if you're 80 years old. We can always be taught to pray better and to pray more. When it comes to prayer, we're so often reserved as a means of getting something from God. We treat God as if he's a genie. All right, God, I need this. Make it so, right? Instead of looking at prayer as so much more than just simply asking of God, which, be honest, prayer in its very root word means to ask. Yes, we need to ask. God wants us to ask. But how, much oft, how often do we spend time in prayer just glorifying him, just thanking him, just praising him for who he is and what he's done? How often do we spend time giving God the praise instead of going directly to our petitions? And again, I'm not saying we need to pray, we need to ask, I get that. But 
so often I think we treat God like a genie. God, just make it so. Just do this. I'm in need. And prayer is our opportunity to bask in the greatness and goodness and glory and majesty of who God is. And coupled with God's word, prayer is our opportunity to get to know God better. How often do we seek to steer God in the direction of our will being done as opposed to praying with the intent of knowing and doing his will? First Peter, First John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Hey, you want a greater 2023? Instead of jumping into prayer by bringing your needs to God, take time to praise God for who he is. Take time to thank him. Take time to reminisce on the blessings that he showered upon us. And when we start our prayers like that, it will embolden our faith when we finally bring our needs before him. Here's some helpful suggestions on how to better prepare our prayer life. Just a few things. Withdraw yourself from distractions. If you're distracted by your phone, leave your phone somewhere else when you go to your prayer closet. Remove distractions. How about this? Learn to pray scripture. One of the surest ways you can know to pray God is to pray scripture. It's God's word. Paul's prayers and the epistles are a great place to start. The Psalms as well. Pray with other people. Pray with other people. One of the things that really stands out about our church, that, that as we're still new. I mean, to be honest, it's been six, seven months. But just the, 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 the spontaneity of prayer. You know, Brother Wyrick will be up here. Pray, let's pray. Let's get up and let's pray for this person. Let's pray for this need. These things, that, that, that has stood out to us as a family, that this church cares about prayer. Pray with other people. Pray specifically. Pray specifically. I don't know how often I'm convicted of how general my prayers are. Pray specific prayers. And then finally, journal your prayers. Journal your prayers. What'd you pray for? And you go back and you look over the previous week. Okay, did God answer this? Did, has God not answered this yet? Keep praying. Hey, record when he's, when he's answered a prayer. That reminds us of his faithfulness. It reminds us of his goodness. It reminds us to continue to step out in faith and pray. One person said this, It's not the arithmetic of our prayers, how many they may be, nor the rhetoric of our prayers, how eloquent they may be, nor the geometry, how long they may be, nor the music, how sweet their voice may be, nor their logic, how argumentative they may be, nor yet their method, how orderly they be, nor even their divinity, how good their doctrine may be, which God cares for. But it is the fervency of spirit which availeth much." James 5.16, James 5, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So what are we going to do about our prayer life this year? What's one thing we can do to improve our prayer life this year? Question number four, what single thing do you plan to do this year that will matter most in 10 years? Think about that. What single thing do you plan to do this year that will matter most in 10 years? How about in eternity? Proverbs 16, verse 3, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. What single thing do you plan to do this year that will matter in 10 years? It could be strengthening your marriage. 
Husbands, perhaps you need to commit to taking your wife on dates more often. Just because you get married doesn't mean you can't date anymore. As a matter of fact, you should date more. Take those opportunities. It could be a step of faith toward a new job. It could be surrendering your life to full-time ministry. For parents, and now this question really hits home and it hones in on parents. Whenever I think about this question, I think, okay, what's going to happen in 10 years from now? Okay, Sophia will be 22 years old. She's in college, probably got a fiancé, getting ready to get married. Oh, dear. You start thinking about these more, you just become, oh, you you think about these things. This is what's going to happen in 10 years. Kind of go along along the lines of what Charles said about, you know, when we're singing Because He Lives, right? You know, the world's going to be that much worse in 10 years as well. So parents, what are we doing now to prepare our children for 10 years down the road? So my daughter will be 22. Matthew will be 19, on his way to college. Gabby will be 17 years old, getting ready to go to college. So we'll be halfway through to an empty nest. Hannah will be 15. Can only imagine the nightmare that will be. No, just kidding. Uh, But you you just think about, honestly, you think 10 years from now, how old your children are going to be? What are we doing now for the 10 years down the road? Because I can't snap very well. It's going to be just like that. 10 years. Parents, what are we doing now to prepare our kids for 10 years down the road? How about this? And, and, and we naturally lean that way because we're parents. Husbands and wives, what are you doing to strengthen your marriage now? Because be honest, yes, we're commanded to invest in our, in, into our children. Yes, we're commanded by God to do that. But if we spend all of our time as husbands and wives investing in our children and not each other, when the children are gone, what's going to be left? So think about that. This is a big question that has enormous ramifications because 10 years is coming. It will be gone quick. What are we doing to prepare now? What memories are you looking to make in the next 10 years that will matter? Perhaps it's a family vacation. Perhaps it's a family project to work on together. Perhaps some spiritual breakthrough or life-changing decisions. Listen, we pray, we pray before our kids were born that they would get saved. We've seen three of our children trust Christ as their Savior. Pray for that fourth one, that Hannah. Pray for her. You know, I, 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 my, my heart is, is, you know, burdened. My heart is overjoyed when I see her older sister, Gabby, try to witness to her. It's because Gabby wants to see her little sister saved. And praise the Lord for that. And that's something, that investment that, that we need to be making into the next generation, parents especially. But how about this? Maybe you're not a parent. Maybe uh, you're past that age, past that, that time in your life. But one of the greatest decisions you can make this year that will last etern- in eternity is preparing and praying for opportunities to share the gospel. That's what will matter for eternity is that, witnessing, seeing someone trust Christ. So what single thing do you plan on doing this year that will matter most in 10 years and then in eternity? Question number five. What area of life most needs most simplifying? And what's one way you can simplify your life in that area? When it comes to life, we can make it quite complicated, can we not? We overstuff our schedules and we wonder how we're going to get anything done. We overcomplicate our finances with wasteful spending. We can overburden our marriages by living in strife and not taking time for our spouses. We need, as a people, to slow down. 
and simplify. We live with so much noise and distraction that oftentimes my wife says, honey, I wonder what it'd be like to live 100 years ago. And I simply joke to the kids. I say, oh, mommy wants to go off the grid again. You know, it's time to simplify. Get rid of all the distractions. Get rid of all the noise. Get rid of all the technology. Get rid of all that stuff. But she has a point. She has a point. Now, we're not going off the grid, but you think about it. We are bombarded with notifications, pings on our cell phones, the never-ending emails on our computers that distract and deflect from the truest priorities. What do we need to do in our life? What, what, what area in our life needs most simplifying? And are we willing to simplify in those areas? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says this, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Listen, the weight's not sinful, because the next part of the verse says, And the sin which does so easily beset us, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Maybe that weight is something that you need to simplify, that you need to get rid of. The weight is not a sinful thing. It can just be something that constantly distracts, and we got to get rid of it. What area in our life needs most simplifying? Question number six. What habit would you like most to establish this year? And what habit would you prefer getting rid of? Proverbs 13 verse 4 says, The soul of the slugger desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Research abounds how long it takes to form a habit. It's been any, set anywhere between 21 days and 66 days to form a new habit. In other words, it takes effort. It takes effort. Perhaps a habit is carving out more time to pray each day. Perhaps it's filling your mind with good godly Christian music or a helpful podcast that can enrich and challenge your life. You know, one of the things that I enjoy doing when we're going on a long trip is I'll just put in a, an audio book into my earbud and just listen to a book. And then my wife wonders why I don't listen to her, because I'm listening to a book. It's like, I'll pause it and talk to you, but hey, habits, making use of your time. Maybe it's picking up a new hobby. Maybe it's living with more gratitude. Maybe it's learning to be more content with what God has given us. What habit? would you like to establish most this year? And then what habit would you prefer to get rid of? Question number seven. What books, in addition to the Bible, so the Bible's first, obviously, but what books, in addition to the Bible, do you want to read this year? Maybe you're not a reader. I've had to force myself to read. I'm not a natural reader, but I've had to force myself to read because I see the benefit of reading. Uh, I, at our old church, uh, my, uh, a good friend of ours, he would always, you know, he'd see my library of books. And he'd be like, oh, brother, you don't need all those books. You just need the Bible. And I'm like, and I always go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. It says, the cloak that I left in Troas with, with, with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with, thee, bring with thee and the books, but especially the parchments. What is Paul saying there? Listen, when I'm in prison, hey, bring the scriptures, bring the parchments. That's how the Bible was, was copied back then, was parchments. But Paul says, bring the books too. In other words, bring the scriptures and bring me some other things to read as well. And I always go to that verse with, with that gentleman and say, hey, look, Paul even read books. And because he would always say, you know, there, there's nobody like the Apostle Paul. And I said, yeah, Paul read books too with the Bible. 
But I, I digress from that. It was always a fun conversation. But what books, in addition to the Bible, do you want to read this year? Listen, read books that challenge you. Listen, I, I love reading Curious George and things like that to my children. Curious George doesn't challenge me. Well, maybe he does because <laughs> it helps me stay out of trouble. Hey, read books that sharpen you. Read books that sharpen you. And read books that grow you as a person. They grow you as a person. Now, I'm a slow reader. I'm not a fast reader. But I find that reading is indispensable. My, 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 my challenge this year is to read 23 books. Because, I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, my last year reading goal was 45 books. Because I'd read 40, I believe, in 2021. So 2022, I wanted to up it a notch. I wanted to go to 45. And then we moved. <laughs> and that went on a complete screen. We stopped it right in the tracks. And so I ended up getting 30 books uh, this year. And, and again, the, 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 the life of a principal, teacher, and all that stuff, it, it's busy, then it's not, then it's busy, and then it's not. And so I'm going to, I've decided that if it's 2023, I'm going to read 23 books. If it's 2024, I'm going to read 24 books, and, and we'll see how that goes. We may go high, we may go low. We'll see, but that's my goal. I have a goal. I set a goal for 23 books. But each year, when it comes to my reading, each year I try to find books that fit my context in life. What do you mean by that? Well, I read a book on marriage. I'm married 15 years. Praise the Lord. I read a book on marriage. I'm a father, so I'm going to read a book on, on child raising. Uh, I'm a principal. I'm going to read a book on leadership. I want to read a book on relationships because we have a staff, and I want to make sure that I'm the best uh, relational leader as I can be. That's my context. Your context might be different, but find a book that will challenge you in that context in life. And I also like to read for fun. I'll be honest. I mean, I can can challenge myself. I can challenge myself. I can challenge myself. But every now and then, I need to read something fun. So I like to read history or, or fiction just to wedge those in a little bit. How about this? And this is something that my family and I, my wife and I have decided we want to get back into. We schedule reading time with our family. Great benefit. It allows our kids to develop an imagination because if this is all they do, there's no imagination there. They need to be challenged. So we challenge, we're going to read together as a family. We find different books, different recommendations that we, allow, we would love to share with you if you're interested in developing that reading together as a family will bond your family closer together. It's a personal investment that I believe you will never, ever regret. It's been said, leaders are readers. So what books are we going to read in addition to the Bible this year? Question number eight. What is one thing you most regret about last year, and what are you going to do about it this year? What is one thing you do regret the most about last year, and what are you going to do about it this year? Now, we can probably admit that we've all had our share of failures in 2022, have we not? Whether it be a sin or a failure in an objective, New Year's resolutions, anybody? Made them last year, 2022, how quickly did they fall off? It happens. We're human. But Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, this was the, the passage that, that Dan preached on Wednesday night. But it says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, 2022's in the past, the, 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 the regrets are in the past. I've been reaching forth unto those things which are before. 
I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Friend, don't let 2022 dictate 2023. Don't. It's a new year. God doesn't want us to live in the past, but to forge ahead by his grace, his forgiveness, and his mercy toward a greater 2023. I'm often challenged by this thought. It's been said, failing does not make you a failure. Quitting makes you a failure. So what area do you regret? What are you going to do about it in 2023? And then finally, number nine, and we're done. In what area of your life Do you most need disciplined? And what will you do about it this year? Listen, discipline is a tough word. People either love it or they despise it. But it requires discipline to make lasting change. Perhaps it's a diet or a break from social media. Perhaps it's setting limits on cell phone usage. Discipline requires work, hard work, and harder work. It requires saying no to certain things. It requires determined discipline. Listen, if you want to lose weight, if I want to lose weight, I'm not going to go to the gym during Sunday school and be tempted by Edgar and Betty's donuts. I'm just not. They're delicious. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Amen, right? But if I want to lose weight, I'm not going to do it by eating donuts. I have to make it, no, I'll say, apologize. I'm not going to eat one today, but listen, it requires discipline. It requires saying no. It requires maybe me throwing my cell phone into the woods. I don't know. <laughs> but with a discipline, resolutions come and go. Motivation will only take us so far. But when we develop discipline with our time and our bodies and our minds and our schedules, change is inevitable. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, for bodily exercise profiteth little. It's good, it's profitable, it profits a little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of life that is now and of that which is to come. So, nine questions. Nine questions to ponder this morning. Proverbs 21, verse 5 says, the thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness. Are you ready for a greater 2023? You ready to move on from 2022? Perhaps these questions will provide some food for thought that will put you in a better position to have a greater 2023 in which God challenges you and changes you to become more like his son, Jesus Christ.